Welcome to the Zondra TV Audio Nation, where we bring you the most interesting topics and conversations from the Zondra TV Network family of shows. And now, let's join the conversation. And today I've got an important guest here, Mr. Todd Westra, all the way from Salt Lake City to talk about the power of a vision. Todd, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Sandra. I'm so happy to be here. I am tickled that you're here, Todd. Tell me a bit about your background. Yeah. Well, you know, I tell people that everything I learned about business, I learned on my paper route. When I... <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to you. Okay, we're going to start at the paper route. We might be all day, y'all. Okay. So I, when I was eight years old, my, bro my brother and I had some new neighbors moving in, new neighborhood. All the kids had all the toys they wanted, it felt like. Mm -hmm. We had nothing. We were, I'm number eight. He was number seven out of nine kids. And so wow. we said, Mom, I want these new G.I. Joes. And she said, well, find a way to get it. So we got a paper route. And what I learned is we had to go out and market the newspaper to our neighbors, get as many people to take the paper as we could. Then I had a supplier who brought me the papers every day that I had to deliver. I did the fulfillment, I collected money, and then I paid an invoice every month. As an eight-year-old, I just assumed everybody knew that stuff. And what I discovered as I got older was five years of paper out and then other, other things in between, that's how you run a business. That is how you run a business. It's kind of like the old lemonade stand in the summertime. Look, you, you make a product. Right. You make it taste fairly decent, if not great. Right. And then you charge a price, even if it's right. five, five cents for, you know, a little Listerine cup. Totally. All right. I, I was blown away by that. And so everything I've done since that time, I discovered that I can make a business doing almost anything that I like to do. And so when I was, uh, you know, when I was in college, I started a, a, a putting green business because I loved to golf. We became the nation's largest putting green installation company in our first year of business mm. because we loved to golf. That passion exuded into our business and we mm. made a plan and we executed. So everything from that point on had just been, that looks cool. I bet I can make money doing that somehow. Okay. So are you a serial entrepreneur? I, admittedly, yes. Okay, so it's painful. And, and, and have you ever worked a corporate job? I've never had a corporate job. Okay, now listen, y'all. There are some <laughs> people that have never had a corporate job, and he looks just fine. <laughs> In uh, fact, he, I did he, my first resume when I was 42 years old. I thought, oh, it'd be cool to get a job. Your first resume at 42. <laughs> Listen, we try to get our first resume done as soon as we get out of high school to see if we can get us some kind of internship or somebody. Exactly. So, okay, so you're you're really, truly. Now, you know, it is rare right. that I get to interview true entrepreneurs. They're like, I'm entrepreneur through and through. It's right. running through my veins. I wouldn't even call it a serial entrepreneur. You're just an entrepreneur. That's all I know. Like, you don't know nothing else but build it. <laughs> execute it. Execute it. Market that thing to death. Yes. Uh, and the people will come. Yes. But I'm really, really fascinated by uh, your ability to for process knowledge. Like you, you really have this deep understanding mm. of business process. How important do you think business process is oh my gosh. to your average entrepreneur when it comes to business? That is the difference. You know, I, um, you know, my, my, uh, Third business out of college. Second business out of college was an audio video business. And I, I had a partner and the two of us had to decide which roles we were gonna take. Yeah. And because there's lots of hats you wear as a startup. 
But as we started peeling off the hats, we had to decide who was going to do all the coding and programming and who yeah. was going to do the inventory and all the other stuff, right? Well, I became the programmer. I had no coding experience in my life. And so what I ended up learning was this. In writing code, every code has a foundation. You build on the foundation. You build variables. You build things that work together. It has to be systematized or the code doesn't work. It just breaks. Mm -hmm. And so after writing code that broke as many times as I did, I learned I have got to have a foundation. After the foundation, I can add other things to it. But unless I have that foundation, mm. it's all going to crumble. Sounds like a familiar story, doesn't it? it does, that's a very familiar story. <laughs> Look, don't, don't build it on quicksand, y'all. Right. You have to build it on a solid foundation. Yes. And so that's really interesting to me, and yeah. I'm sure it's interesting to the folks that are watching. Like, it, it, I think sometimes people think they have it built on a solid foundation, but what are some of the just a couple of key things that are the key ingredients to building right. a good foundation. Well, first of all, you have to be super clear on who your ideal client is. Avatar. Avatar. Y'all know they're talking avatars these days, right. but in my day, you just got to be clear on what they look like. Right. Like, who are they? Right, because uh -huh. if you don't know that, you're going to try to supply to everybody, the whole world, what you do, and you're going to get nobody. Mm-hmm. But if you can speak to a specific person and their pain point, I'd say that's the second most important foundation block. What pain point do you solve? And mm. so that is the key thing. You know, it, when, I, when I saw my first flat screen TV, okay, this was 1998, and I saw a flat screen TV and I was like mesmerized. I, I couldn't keep my eyes off of it. And I thought, I asked the guy that was putting it in, I said, how much does that thing cost? He said, it's $19,000 for a 42-inch plasma that was eight inches thick, right? Wow. And I thought, someone's going to spend $19,000 on this. And he's like, usually mm -hmm. it's just businesses, but these rich guys, yeah, they all do it. And I'm, I thought, mm -hmm. I am going to sell plasma TVs. I will do this. <laughs> and by the end of the next spring, I had the business made. And so I was, I was so intrigued by that. And, and the point being... I knew exactly who my target client was. Yeah. I knew that it was yeah. I was going to be worth spending the next few years, and I spent over 10 years working with some of the wealthiest people in our country, building the biggest, most audacious houses I've ever seen, trying to put the coolest tech in their homes. Mm. But I knew my ideal client. I knew what they wanted. I learned the language they spoke. I learned their pain points. That's it. And when I learned their pain points, I could deliver and they paid for it. I love the whole concept about pain point because I think that we don't think about that. I, you know, like really understanding what is your client's true pain point right. and how you're going to address that. Right. And so I think that's critically important uh, as well. But I do believe that you got to know. I think about Zondra TV Network and I go, when I say, I, you know, I help small businesses. Yeah. But I, I narrow that thing down. Oh, yeah. My sweet spot is a, 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 a small business with zero to 20 to 25 employees. Right. That's the sweet spot for me because those are the folks that really need the help and support 
Right. Um, and they need to be able to do it affordably. Right. So, you know, you can't say all small business. I say, I'm never the SBA's definition no. of 500 or less. That ain't going to work. No. That's too many people. And if you got 500 employees, the way I see it is you don't need no affordable marketing and advertisement. I, ne- I, need, to, I need to make sure that's you where get paid. That's where your premium line comes in. That's it. <laughs> you know you always like a premium line. I ain't mad at you. <laughs> so this is, this is really good. A solid foundation. We're going to take a break in a little bit, but um, when we come back, I really yeah. want to talk about Moku. Yeah. Like this name. It. It's like, it's so it's so sexy. Like Moku. What does it really mean? Uh, how did you come up with that? I think it's amazing the work that you're doing for Thank business you. entrepreneurs to help them to really understand. So what's really required, which is a good foundation. So thank you for talking about that. Uh, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Did you know that most skincare products today have low quality ingredients that can end up doing more harm than good? Sofiel's pure, natural ingredients hydrate, exfoliate, and nourish your skin. Most people see results in one application. Our patented skincare formula contains only the highest quality, natural, plant-based ingredients so pure you can eat them. Your skin deserves the best. Go to shopsofiel.com and use code SOUL20 to save 20%. Get started today. Watch this and so much more on Zondra TV. Download the app on Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and Roku, or visit ZondraTV.com. I've been talking to Todd Westra today, who's out of Salt Lake City, Utah, and he's really helping us to understand the power of a vision, but more importantly, about setting a good foundation. Welcome back, Todd. Thank you. All right. Now, I got to get to Moku, which I think is, you know, it's kind of, it's got that thing going (laughs) on. How did you come up with Moku and what does it really mean? Right. So Moku is, uh, you know, as I was trying to come up with the the concept of this company, it was interesting because I, I grew up in a background where I actually served a two year mission in Japan. I speak mm. Japanese quasi fluently. And so Okay, he used quasi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no no white guys ever perfectly fluent in Japanese. But I I could I could have a conversation with anybody. <laughs> so so here I am and and sometimes learning another language, there's certain words that just sound better in that new language. Yeah. And there's a word called mokuteki. Mm. And mokuteki has a unique cool meaning it usually translates to the word purpose but here's why so made up of two words first one is moku and then teki moku means to have vision and teki is to do things in a certain way so when you do things with vision you have moku teki oh isn't that so okay, cool that's even better no it's do even you, better do you have your moku teki <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> Right. All right. And so, so mokuteki has always been one of my favorite Japanese words. It's kind of one of those ones that doesn't translate as well as it means in Japanese. Sure, you know what I mean? Sure. And so when I started a consulting firm a few years ago, I called it mokuteki. And I understood really quickly, people are never going to remember that. Yeah. They're never going to spell it right. Yeah. And so I could not build a brand out of that word. 
Mm. So I simplified it. I came up with Moku because Moku is the vision. And what I do, our mission statement is to, we strive to understand our client's vision and provide them with the people, processes, and tools that they need to execute that vision. And so that, that is our mission statement. Now, above and beyond that, we took it a step further. Oh. Because Moku is a four-letter word, mm -hmm. and all four-letter words deserve to be an acronym of some sort, right? Okay. I think. So, <laughs> so yeah, we took some Moku. Of them. <laughs> some of them. <laughs> so we took Moku, and we decided, let's build our core values out of this word. Okay. And so as a company, we established our core values to be... The M means to be moral. Oh. We want to be morally clean and we want to be ethical in all the interactions with our clients. The O is to be optimistic because as you can see, I hate smiling, but I like to be optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> so we love to be optimistic. Key, the K is to be keen to our clients' needs and the U is to have understanding. Oh. So those are our core values and it's written in our name. So whenever we say Moku or we do something with Moku, that means that I want every, and I, I remind my staff this every week. We have a weekly meeting, and I, every, I remind them, let's be moral, let's be optimistic, let's be keen to our clients' needs, and let's understand what they're wanting us to do. So we do that religiously. So That's those awesome. core values and our mission statement define what Moku means to us, but the real word of, the real meaning is to have vision. I love it, because where there is no vision, Oh. We already know you on you're marriage, not so there. if you ain't got a vision, you're on your way out. <laughs> yeah. You need a vision. So I, I love that you've taken Moku, and then you've also built your core values around it. I mean, how um, ingenious is that? I love that. That it worked out for you. I mean, it, it really out. came together. Um, but I would like you to share with me what are some of the techniques and tools yeah. and systems and that you use to help business. Sure. So most small businesses and even those, and I would include some of the SBA, like, you know, 200 or less employees, uh, really a hundred people or less employees, but you know what mm -hmm. I'm talking about. They all have similar backgrounds and similar pain points. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I mentioned this earlier, but but I had a podcast where I interviewed 150, no, sorry, 250 CEOs and founders all during COVID and asked them what their favorite thing about growth, their biggest pain point in growth, mm -hmm. and what advice they give to other people dealing with that pain point. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I learned is exactly what I provide now as a business. Almost every one of them really, really struggles with their people. And the reason they struggle with their people is they don't have a clear vision of how to execute their roles. In every small business, you start with everybody in the business wearing a lot of hats. Yes. And sometimes they're really good at some things and sometimes they're okay, good enough, right? <laughs> and what happens yeah. is they think they're really good at all these yeah. things and then they fail to execute on the ones they're actually good at. Yeah. yeah. So as you grow, you start to plug mm -hmm. people in as specialists as opposed to being very general at what they do. Sure. And so most small businesses really struggle with those transition points. And I've, I've experienced the transition points at five employees, 12 to 15 employees, once again at 40 to 50 employees, and then at 100 to 150, 120 employees. Mm -hmm. These transition points are important because at every one of these points, you've got to determine 
can I replicate this with another 20 people? Yes. Can I replicate this with, if I got 50 yes. new clients today, mm -hmm. could I execute at the same mm -hmm. level? And if you can't, you're out of luck. You can't yeah. scale that business. And unfortunately, I had a business, my, my audio video company could not scale mm. because the systems were too owner dependent. Oh. Right? Are you speaking to me I'm right now? I'm speaking to you You're because I know. speaking to me because it's owner dependent. You, oh my. You are, you are the typical client yeah. that we all are. I am the same way. I have yeah. processes right now in my business that are way too Todd dependent. Yes. I got to pull myself out. And so the way we do that is twofold. One, first you got to recognize what needs to get done for your clients. Mm -hmm. And if you can easily do it in-house, do it in-house. Yeah. If you can't do it in-house, find somebody that can and work a deal with them. Don't play. Find you. Because I use Moku. Because <laughs> there's got a vision there. Yeah, I mean, I use Moku because right. I believe that for some of those um, things that you, repetitive tasks, the things that need to get done, man, I'm, I'm loving being right. able to ship it off to you Hand and go like, here, you handle doing this kind of stuff because that's going to help me to be able to do other things. Right. Name just a couple of things that you yeah. could do for a small business that would literally make a difference in their life at a moment's notice. Okay. So we have four core things we do. And these are four core steps that I think help any business scale. Mm -hmm. First thing is we establish the foundation. We call it a jump start. Okay, almost every business I meet with has a real deficiency in their online presence. Yeah. So that jump start plan is we set up a nice page that, or a few pages that really identify their brand and their core products that they deliver. In that, we have a very specific recipe or formula mm -hmm. that we use for any kind of information page and any kind of sales page. Two different formulas. But the main formula is, if you're not speaking to a pain point, nobody's going to hear you. Okay. <laughs> okay, I love it. You start out right from the very beginning. Oh, yeah. If you ain't talking to a pain point, you ain't doing nothing. Time. We're going to take a break, but I do want to hear about the other three when we come I back. Do. And also, how can people get a hold of you? We'll talk about that when we come back. We'll be right back. The number one tool for generational wealth is and always has been real estate. Property ownership is the most trusted financial security. And there's so many benefits. Most people lack the information, education, and more importantly, the mindset to make real estate repeatable and profitable. Until now. Our step-by-step -step approach will give you the knowledge and tools necessary to help you grow your portfolio. Check me out at ToneRobinson.com. Watch this and so much more on Zondra TV. Download the app on Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and Roku, or visit ZondraTV.com. Welcome back to Real Biz Talk with Zandra. I've been talking to Todd Westra, and we've been talking about really what it takes in order to have a good, solid foundation for your small business. Um, but before break, we were talking about pain point, <laughs> and I want to talk about deal. pain point marketing. Right. Let's talk about that. But before we do that, I know that people have been listening, and they would love to know 
how do they get right. a hold of you if they want to work with you? Because well, y'all do want to work with him. They do. All of you do. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. Anything we do is with Moku, right? And that's the, poor, that's the whole point. So you go to withmoku.com. Now, how simple is that? <laughs> with Moku, M-O-K-U.com. That's easy. That's with right. Moku.com. Y'all go to check out with Moku.com. I am impressed by the services that he offers. Uh, and I would love uh, for you to be able to take advantage of something really great that will help build your business. Right. But I want to talk about pain point marketing because, you know, we, yeah. and, and listen, I teach pain point marketing in the incubator. I teach it in the incubator because I believe that you got to know what that really means and how do you serve that up. Talk to me about pain point marketing. Yeah. Everybody has pain. <laughs> Don't we are more focused pain right now talking to me. No, <laughs> <laughs> I have pain. You've got pain. Yeah, we all have pain. Sure we and, do. and the thing that's so valuable about pain is that everyone wants to solve their pain. Yeah. Nobody wants to, to just add fluff to more fluff. But if you're talking to me and your website, the first thing it says is, is I solve this pain point. <laughs> I'm going to be a lot more interested than you saying, I'm the coolest person that ever lived checking my side out, right? And most businesses have the problem of just selling their, their coolness, like their cool factor. I mean, literally, all they focus on is, look, I got all these awards. Look, I, I was here and here and here. There we go. There we go. There's nothing wrong with these awards, right? But if these awards qualify you as someone who can help me with my pain, yeah then I'm going to trust you more. Like this adds authority, yes. which is the second piece of my puzzle, right? Okay. So this actually is a perfect feed because you solve the pain point and then you have to show that you have the authority to solve the pain point. Yes. And if you lack the authority, no one's going to trust you. And so, but if you have a ton of authority, but no solution for people, you're just a cool person. But, you know, I bet that <laughs> I bet the folks that are watching are probably saying, but how do I tease out my, the pain points? Uh, I'm, I'm a life coach. Let's right. just use life coach. Right. What do I do? How, where do I start? How does that happen? Well, you think about what is so, a couple things you think about. First thing you think about is which pain point do you like to solve for people? Because as a life coach, you could be helping someone with their marriage problems. The next thing you're doing, you're helping them with their financial, you know, allocation. Yeah, I mean, Love you, it. you're doing lots of stuff. So which which pain point do you like to solve? And and every small business goes through this period where they think they can solve everything, right? <laughs> been and there, done that. Been there, Not done that. Not in this businesses, but I've been a right, right. serial entrepreneur too, side hustler. Right. <laughs> And you think you can solve every problem. Sure you do. And you might be okay at a lot of them. But if nobody knows exactly what Zonder's up to, they're not going to trust you. Mm. And so the key thing is figure out what you like to solve. And if you like to solve this problem, then package it in a way that the person that you like to help, and ideally it's someone who can afford to pay you for solving that problem, is going to want to see it. So if I do, for example, I've got a video editing team, mm. right? We could, we could produce a podcast. We could produce a show like this. We could do lots of things. But you know what? Those aren't the pain points I want to solve. Mm. I want you to solve that pain point. With my video editing team, the pain point we like to solve is building content creation for social media. 
Yeah. We do a crap ton of it. We do a lot of content production. And when we produce the content production, we're efficient, we make money, and we know what we're doing. We don't jump yes, in and solve do. every problem that has a video related to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to produce a TV show, <laughs> but we will produce content. And, and, and I will say, your team produces content exceptionally well. If y'all look at my social media, you'll see that content. It's amazing. You know, just those 15 to 20 seconds, oh, yeah. 15 to 20 seconds. And, you know, with algorithms changing on social media so frequently, you need yeah. to be posting uh, on a regular basis. So that's really awesome. How can people get a hold of you again? With Moku.com. I love it. Yep. Right. And the key thing, Zandra, this is the last step that people forget all the time. What? You build authority, you solve a pain point. Do you have a list? Okay. <laughs> this is the key. With the algorithms yes. changing, with yes. the other problems we see all the time, if you rely on your social media presence to be your marketing, you're going to fail because they're going to change the algorithm. You've got to start collecting names, emails, and phones. And the minute you start doing that, now you've got a list of people who know you and you can work with to build that and nurture, nurture the trust. Nurturing. Yep. That's it. That's good. I yeah, that that name and email and uh now phone number because we want to do text campaigns are extremely right. uh important. But I really want to talk about authority yeah. because I think that's another thing. Uh a lot of us as small businesses really don't know how to establish that authority. Right. What do you what a couple of things do you think people need to do in order to establish yourself as a resident expert and right. have that authority? First of all, Figure out what you want to be known as. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because we all over the board on that too. Hello. I, think I want to be yeah. this and I want to be that. Hello. That, that's that's most entrepreneur. That's most solopreneurs' problems. Mm -hmm. I'm going. I want to be five different things. Yeah. And you can't be five different things. You've got to be the brand expert on this thing. That's the first step. Once okay. you know what you want to be the expert on, you know if you become big at that thing and successful at that thing. Then you can start being known for some other things, right? I love it. But when you're building authority, you got to be consistent. So I'm the best photographer. I am the best wedding photographer. No, I'm the best, I don't know, this type of beachfront wedding photographer. Right, right. right. You niche down until you find that perfect client that you mm -hmm. love working with. Mm -hmm. Don't go be a photographer in the countryside if you like doing beach scenes. Be right. known as the beach photographer. Mm -hmm. And so, so mm -hmm. as you build that authority, you've got to be a present on social media. So like we have plans and programs where we do every other day, daily, or twice daily content production for people. Because you need to be either <laughs> all the time present or yes. the stuff that you post has to be relevant. And so you don't just post a, a picture of your kids. You don't just post a picture of your... True office, that. you post what's going to drive a call to action yeah. and know what your call to action is going to be. Yeah, I like it. Call to action. We talk about that all the time. You yes. know, you need a call to action. People be like, okay, what is my call to action? You, right. Getting them into the, into the castle. Right. See, the call to action gets them into the castle. And then the business process, once they're in the castle, is how you get them to close. And right. that's how you get to the, to the business. Um, Todd, it's, I just, we're getting close to the end of this. I could talk to you for hours, man. You we are, have talked so for hours. Good. <laughs> but I, I, what's the, 
one or two things that yeah. you would like to leave, impressions you would like to leave with small business entrepreneurs, yeah. that if they do nothing else in their business, these are the two things that they must do. Right. They must do quickly if they want to change their trajectory. Okay. Know who you want to serve and make it so easy for them to see that's going to solve their pain point. If you do those two things, you will get in front of the right people with the right product and they will buy because they hate the pain. Everybody hates the pain. Yeah. If you hit them with the pain, they're going to say, help me. <laughs> help me, I'm poor. Help me. Really? I need help. Okay, so those two things, Todd. Again, how can people get a hold of you? With Moku.com. Look at the camera. That's it. With Moku. W-I-T-H-M-O-K-U. With Moku.com. And we will provide the solutions, the people, processes, and tools you're looking for to execute on your vision. I love it. Well, Todd, I tell you what, I thank you for coming all the way from Salt Lake City, Utah, to be here. Thank you so much. Um, Blessings to you and your business. You're doing great work. I love working with you and your team. You're a great client. And thank you for watching another episode of Real Biz Talk with Zandra, where I showcase small business so that you can grow, not just locally, but nationally and globally as well. So until we meet again, as I always say, continue to be the absolute best you. Peace. Watch this and so much more on Zandra TV. Download the app on Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and Roku, or visit ZandraTV.com.